Well, despite the cold and the snow, well, it wasn't much snow, it was more rain. Uh, a nice welcome back to Michigan's uh, football team after winning the Natty, as the kids call it. Um, they returned to campus yesterday. And Renee, I'm just glad that uh, the season's over so early in the semester so that these scholar athletes can buckle down and focus on their studies. Their studies, their, their, their uh, academic, what is it, academia? Hopefully the uh, hopefully Academics. the teachers, hopefully the professors will allow them to catch up on the coursework they missed. Yeah, there is that a thing where they they have to take their work home to play catch up, as like we used to have to when we were sick or going to be out of town. Is that a thing for them? I don't know how that works. Well, I'll say this: I went to a commuter school, and I don't think there is even uh, the academic standards and the leeway for the. Uh, Student athletes at that school were were lax at best, so I would imagine at a big major uh, university like Michigan is probably more so. Yeah, they probably yeah. Anyway, clearly um, I, I didn't go to that kind of school. <laughs> no, me either. Uh, but I, I I went to something uh, a, a bit lower on the totem pole, so I would imagine that it's it's more lax at those major universities. We kind of got off early, uh, easy yesterday. Um, like I said, mostly just rain, a little bit of snow. Um, there were tornadoes in Florida and the Southwest along the coast, blizzards in other parts of the, the Great Lakes in, in Midwest states. Four Flooding in the are, South. Four people are dead overall. Mm. Um, Iowa got about a foot of snow. Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley, they're all, they're all there because the caucuses. Uh, next week they had to cancel campaign events and I think you said we might we might get it a little worse on Friday coming up right Renee? yeah there's a potential uh, storm maker coming in we could get dumped on with some snow you know it's kind of early to tell but there's a potential for that uh, you know driving in today I feel like the conditions are much worse than this time yesterday uh, Plus, so give yourself extra time Right. Plus, we're not on high alert today like we were yesterday. Right. You know, we were re- we were ready for it yesterday. It just felt like the rain never stopped yesterday. Right. Which I which I would take over the snow, but same here. Um, but uh, I mean, winter is definitely making up for lost time because I saw yesterday on the news we may get down to single digits or lower next week. Oof. So yeah. So if. Uh, if you're one of those people who loves Michigan winners, and I don't think any of those exist, um, you know, there's good news for you coming up next week. Um, but hey, I feel like uh, I I feel like winter kind of shifts. I, I feel like uh, you, most most Januarys have been mild lately. Then we get in February and March, so I, I guess it's kind of going back to normal. But uh, we found out yesterday why Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin has been in the hospital since the first of the year. Uh, he was diagnosed with prostate cancer in early December. He kept it quiet. He went into for surgery December twenty second. Um, went home and then he had to go back to the hospital January 1st. He had intense pain. There was complications from the surgery. He was moved to the ICU on January 2nd. He transferred some of his duties to Deputy Defense Secretary Kathleen Hicks. The crazy thing, Renee, is she didn't even know that he was actually in the ICU until two days later. And then, of course, the White House learned even later in the week. Well, no, she was on vacation in, what was it, Puerto Rico? Right. I, I'm pretty sure she wouldn't have taken a vacation 
had she known that she would have transferred this power. Right. It's like, hey, I got to babysit the nuclear code, so we're going to have to push this right. vacation back to February. Right. Yeah. And you brought up a good point uh, yeah. while we were talking about for the show. It, it doesn't sound because originally they were saying that he was in the hospital for an elective procedure. None of this sounds like an elective procedure to me. Right. It's cancer. You um, take care of it. My only guess, giving them the benefit of the doubt, saying that the elect, you, you know, the one explanation is they could have just been spinning it, saying that, hey, it was an elective procedure, kind of make it look like less of a big deal. The other thing is maybe the prostate cancer was was slow moving that they said it's not urgent right now. We can keep an eye on it. And maybe he just wanted to 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 nip it in the bud. Um, but I, I mean, as a dude, I can understand it. We don't like people knowing our business, our medical business, but, um, also like, like you said earlier, Renee, we also don't have the nuclear code. So rules are a little bit different for him than us. Right. Given his position, shouldn't you have to maintain some level of health, some standard of health? I feel that if you have any type of cancer that needs to be addressed and taken care of cancer can spread. Right. I, I don't know. Some yeah. Something's not gelling. I'm not a doctor. I play one on TV. I, right. I just feel like no matter what, this should have been addressed. None of this sounds like it, it's elective to me. Paging Dr. Vitale. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like the but, ring of that. It, yeah. Is it well, too late? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, uh, just, you know, just make sure it doesn't impact this show and you have my full blessing <laughs> to go back to med school. Thank you. Um, obviously, Democrats are calling for changes in protocol when when members of president's cabinet transfer power, even temporarily. Republicans are calling for him to lose his job. Um, Secretary of State Blinken, he was in the middle mid east um, in the middle of his trip um, yesterday. He came out and spoke to the media, saying that other countries in the region were ready to support a resolution that guaranteed the safety and Peace for Israel, but there also had to be room for a Palestinian state as well. He's meeting with um, the president of the Palestinian Authority today in the West Bank. Uh, Michigan head football coach Jim Harbaugh, not only did he win his first national championship, but he also earned the most amount of bonus money out of every coach in college football. On top of Harbaugh's base salary of $8.2 million a year here in $500,000 for winning the Big Ten East. That was the game against Ohio State where he wasn't on the sideline. He won a, he uh, got another $1 million in bonus money for winning the Big Ten outright. $500,000 for making the college football playoff and another million for winning it all. And uh, it, it, it sounds it sounds kind of funny that he made the same amount of bonus money for, for winning the Big Ten as he did for the national championship. I would think his bonus for the national championship would be a little more than 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 just winning uh, the Big Ten. You would think. And talk to me like I'm five on this one. Um, is that the same kind of money that an NFL coach makes? Uh, yeah, I actually, I think so. Jace, you probably know a little bit more than me, but $8.2 million, uh, that's yeah. that. Yeah, that's about the same. It's it's about the same as a, NFL coaches, though, are going to be going up come this upcoming year. They're talking, some of them are talking like $15 million a year they're going to be asking for. So, wow. The NFL stays a tick ahead, but it's pretty close. Okay, doc, yeah. this doctor thing doesn't work out for me. I, I can learn football. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got so many backup plans. I do. Like this I, this like, radio thing, you know. <laughs> like I said, just keep out. yourself. 
just keep yourself available from five to six. All right. Fair enough. AM. Yeah. But you know what? Maybe we can ask uh, Jim Harbaugh uh, to loan us some of that bonus money so that we could get Lions tickets for this upcoming Sunday. Oof. This sounds like, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how anybody can afford this. The Detroit Lions, you know, they haven't hosted a playoff game in three decades, and Ford Field has never hosted one. So meaning fi- uh, the fans are going to be clamoring for these tickets to this weekend's matchup. Lions taking on the L.A. Rams in primetime on Sunday night. So not only is this game huge, but there's going to be plenty of storylines with Matthew Stafford retor- returning to Detroit, Jared Goff playing his old team. So if you get into Sean, McVay's face. Yes, I can't that wait. That's you. So if you're looking to go to the game, you're going to be paying big bucks. The game's sold out and the team hasn't released any standing room only tickets. So that means that you're going to have to buy resale tickets. The last I checked, resale tickets are going for about $500 in, and that's before the fees on Ticketmaster. Uh, right. The cheapest single ticket was $300 for level uh for a $300 excuse me 300 level and that was 484 before fees what did you find today yeah uh, as you were reading that i i was doing a little research myself i'm on ticketmaster.com um i've got two tickets let's just see what a single ticket cost um the cheapest single ticket Section 318, row 19. So pack your tissues because you're going to get nosebleeds. $484 on Ticketmaster and yeah. our friends on uh, StubHub. Let me go. Uh, Section 317, row 16, $472. Wow. So, pack your tissues because those it's going to make you cry. Yeah, sure is. That is sure. Sure is nuts, Keith. Yeah, anyway, that's, um, that's ridiculous. Yeah, and and the cheapest tickets are Kansas City Chiefs because they've hosted many playoff games over the uh, sure. over the past few years, and so people are probably thinking, oh, "I don't make this game, I'll make the next home yeah, playoff." The game. novelty is worn off for them. Yeah, <clears throat> I, and I think I haven't checked, but I saw in the news that they still had tickets for less than a hundred dollars. Wow. So. Yeah, so you know what? In 10 years after the Lions won, have won about three, four Super Bowls, maybe we can afford tickets to a, to a playoff a, a game. Playoff game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And real quick, before we uh, go to break, some good news out of East Lansing, former football coach Mark D'Antonio. He's been elected to the College Football Hall of Fame. Congratulations, Coach. Hey. And yeah, right. And, and and they definitely need it coming out of East Lansing, especially when it comes to the football program. That's a First win thing, for them. Yeah, it is. And ho- hopefully Jonathan Smith can turn things around like uh, D'Antonio did. First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, WJR. All right. So both Jimmy Kimmel and Aaron Rodgers have come out and said their piece about this whole back and forth. If you remember last week, Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show. Epstein's client list came up. Uh, the documents had not been unsealed. He made a joke about Jimmy Kimmel, uh, hoping that the list doesn't come out or hoping not to see his name on it. Jimmy Kimmel, understandably, um, took umbrage with this. He went to Twitter and or X and essentially um, told Aaron Rodgers if he doesn't uh, cut it out, he's going to threaten legal action. And um, I, I guess we'll 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 start chronologically here, Renee. I guess Jimmy Kimmel he was back from the holiday break on Monday, 
and uh, he opened his show addressing um, the controversy. Yeah, he ripped into him on his show Monday hard, suggesting that he was associated. He ripped into him Monday night hard for ripping in or excuse me, uh, saying that he was associated with Jeffrey. He said, right. uh, quote, I spent years doing sports. I've seen guys like him before. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has a very high opinion of himself because he had success on the football field. He believes himself to be an extraordinary being. He genuinely thinks that because God gave him the ability to throw a ball, he's smarter than everyone else. The idea that his brain is just average is unfathomable to him. He also called Aaron, quote, a guy who went to community college, then got into Cal on a football scholarship and didn't graduate. He added, quote, he put on a magic helmet and that G, the Green Bay Packers logo, made him a genius. Aaron got two A's on his report card. They were both in the word Aaron. <laughs> he also said Aaron is, quote, too arrogant to know how arrogant he is and that he did the impossible by making the New York Jets look even worse. And then he also called him Karen Rogers. Yeah. And he also made a crack about how Aaron Rodgers was mad at him uh, because he made fun of his man bun back during COVID. This all this all started, I guess, that back during COVID, we all remember Aaron Rodgers was asked if uh, he had the vaccine. He he said something like, I've been immunized, I've been inoculated. And then it came out that he didn't get uh, the vaccine. He took some kind of magic mushrooms or he danced naked with some crap or he did some kind of. <laughs> new age stuff but he never actually got the vaccine and so uh jimmy kimmel brought it up in his monologue three years ago um there's a picture of aaron Rodgers with a man bun he made a joke about how his his man bun made him look like a hippie or something like that um and he dedicated his whole seven minute monologue to it on on monday And, and look he absolutely had to address it because um you know, it was a big story. Seven minutes, though, I don't know. I mean, there's this there's this term in, in our business called don't bleed on the audience. Right. And look, Jimmy Kimmel, uh, he needed to defend himself. Uh, on top of that, it was all the buzz. I think maybe two, three minutes of really good witty jokes would have done the trick. But I think if you dedicate your whole monologue to it, the community college thing was kind of snobby. Um, it is, but if you, if, if you dedicate your whole seven minute monologue to it, 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 it pretty much looks like you're using your show and, and your audience for, for a personal vendetta. It is. Oh, that's exactly what it was. This is my show, my platform, and I'm going to abuse it. And then, uh, Aaron Rodgers, we were all waiting for, um, him to make a, another, um, return to the Pat McAfee show on ESPN, which he does every Tuesday. And so he responded to Kimmel's response. He said, I totally understand how serious an allegation of pedophilia would be. So for him to be upset about that, I get it. Did you watch the quote? Because that's exactly what I said. I'm not stupid enough, even though you think I'm an idiot and you made a lot of comments about my intelligence. I'm not stupid enough to accuse you of that with absolute zero, zero evidence, concrete evidence, that's ridiculous. But, okay, Aaron, that, that's a bit disingenuous as well because what else were you implying then right. when you made your crack about Jimmy Kimmel not wanting So what did you mean? He, he meant exactly that. Exactly. <laughs> He's just backpedaling. Um, Aaron Rodgers also said he didn't take offense to Kimmel making jokes about him not getting the vaccine during the darkest days of COVID. 
um, which is where this all started, like I said. But he felt like he was making fun of the unvaccinated as a whole. He said, in my opinion, you went after me. That's fine. You're a comedian. Go for it. Not offended. But that was an L loss. Oh, okay. Thank you, hero. <laughs> you can come. You can come after me. That's fine. But leave them alone. You know what? This is where we need the show to come back. Celebrity boxing. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, Mills Lane. Actually, I don't know if Mills Lane is dead or alive. Hopefully, he's still alive. Um. So and then so he wraps it up with this. I'm glad that Jimmy is not on the list. I really am. And I don't think that he's the P word. And, you know, I think it's impressive that a man who went to Arizona State and has 10 joke writers can read off a prompter. Okay, fair, because he made the community college joke. All right. You know what? I'll give point to Aaron Rodgers there. Uh, I wish him the best. Again, I don't give a bleep what he says about me, but as long as he understands what I actually said and that I'm not accusing him of being on the list, which he kind of did then I'm all for moving forward. Um, and, and and so I guess, I, th- I think this is close to a resolution is we're going I, to get. It's fine. Just move on. And exactly. I'm done. I'm bored. I'm, yes, exactly. As far as I'm concerned, this is over. Anything else just looks like a couple of, of, of rich dudes having a whiny slap. Yeah, fight. exactly. Again, I, get in a ring. <laughs> Or, or yeah, or let's just move on. I'm done. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think the best you're going to get is for Aaron Rodgers to come out and say he doesn't really think Jimmy Kimmel's a pedophile. Right. I think I think that's the best you're going to get. And, and here's the thing: Aaron Rodgers needs to get over being part of Jimmy Kimmel's monologue three to four years ago. All right, uh, it, it it happens every night. Um, and and Kimmel needed to address it, but like I said, he didn't need seven minutes. So, no. um. I'm sorry, what'd you say, Jace? No, he didn't say him. Oh, I must be hearing things. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> no. that, that was Aaron Rodgers using his crystals to get in my head to uh, dispute <laughs> what we just said. Yeah. But I'm with you, Renee. I'm bored. I'm ready to move on. Um, WDI Local 4 and the Detroit News, they released an interesting poll the other day. They surveyed 600 Michiganders or Michiganians. They should have put that for a poll question. What do we call ourselves? Um they interviewed 600 people from Michigan over the phone January uh, 2nd through the 5th, and they found that if the election were today, who do you think would win, uh, Renee, if the election were today between Joe Biden and Donald Trump? In Michigan, uh, yeah. probably Trump. Yep, and, and by by a large margin, um, Trump would get 46.8% of the vote. Uh, Biden would get 38.6% of the vote. So that's almost 10 mm. points. Wow. Um, and But they both have very high disapproval ratings. Um, 57.7% disapproval rating for President Biden, 47.8% for Donald Trump. And uh, Gretchen Whitmer had a very high approval rating as governor, 60.5%. So that's interesting. Um, right, exactly. Especially because... Obviously, she's a Democrat. Right. I don't I you know, I I don't know how closely she'll be tying herself to Joe Biden in this upcoming election. Um, I don't know how how closely Democrats are going to tie themselves to him as a whole. I'm not even sure he's going to end up being the candidate. So um, so we don't like either presidential candidate, but we like Whitmer. Right. <laughs> yeah. And obviously her and Gavin Newsom are are two of the names that are being kind of kicked around 
in the event that Joe Biden, quote unquote, steps down from right. the nomination, I, I still think it's going to be Gavin Newsom. But um, but I, I think this shows that, number one, Go- Governor Whitmer is way more popular than I thought she was. Mm-hmm. And number two, maybe she does have um, a, a future for higher office after ah. she's done being governor. Because listen to this, Renee. If the election were today, 49.4% of people polled said that they would vote for Governor Whitmer for president if she were running and wow. the election was today. So that's beating both Biden and Trump. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I, like I said, I still think Gavin Newsom, if they do replace Joe Biden, would be the nominee because he's in Calif- from California and it's a little high profile, but, uh, but, but who knows? It's there, there's a lot, there, there's a lot that can happen between now and November. Yep. It um, seems so far away, but it really isn't. Here's my, here's my sincerest wish for 2024. All right. Going into 2020, we thought the election was going to big, be the big story of the year. And then a little thing called COVID happened and the election was like, Maybe in the top five. I hope the election stays the biggest story of the year and something crazy and catastrophic like COVID doesn't come along and knock it off the front page. Oh, gosh. I can't go through that again. (laughs) That would be, uh, it it, it was too much. I feel like COVID, an event like COVID just uh, aged aged me too much. Did we lose Mike? Uh, Did you? I don't think so. There we are. There you are. Okay. You're back. Um, Yeah. Yeah. but uh, I look, keep the news boring. That's and, fine. And, and as somebody who uh, who, who does this uh, for a living, that's a weird thing for me to say. Uh, but yeah, obviously, um, yeah, the fact the fact that the election became one of the smaller stories of 2020 behind uh, COVID and everything else just showed how crazy things got. So um, if it gets knocked off the front page, we're going to deal with more craziness. Um, Real quick, the Farmington Hill City Council, they decided to put plans to demolish Marvin's Marvelous Mechanical Museum um, and build a new small footprint mire on hold at their meeting Monday night. Um, Renee, if you haven't been there yet, you might want to get out there because the the future is uncertain. Yeah, given a second chance, which uh, that's exciting. I guess, you know, it's a sign I need to get out there, right? Yeah, yeah. and here's the thing. Marvin's son, Jeremy Yagoda, he took over the business after his father died. He posted in November on social media, we are here and hope to be here for a long time, but I'm also looking at other options. Closing is not an option. City officials said that they reached out to him in the museum last year in an effort to, quote, determine his needs and to connect him with resources and or opportunities that could allow him to remain in the city of Farmington Hills for many generations. So so what's the issue? I mean, Meyer wants to build. You go to wants to stay open. Farmington Hills wants to find a solution. So so what's the holdup? Is, is he afraid that if he moves, the, the business is going to go under? I mean, it sounds like even though they want want to build and, 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 and you know, rebuild the the plaza and knock it down they still want to make sure that he has a place well the issue sounds like there's a proposed drive-through and how that would impact traffic in the area Uh, and they're also concerned about the signage for meyer which would take up about seventy thousand square feet on the property right so that might be the 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 practical way to kind of save marvin's marvelous mechanical museum because i don't think that um you know the fact that it's a beloved landmark and there's 
there's really nothing like it around. Uh, but hopefully, maybe those more practical. Matters. And we're yeah, heading we'll, into we'll JR Morning. First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee, Lloyd Jackson, Jamie Edmonds. Uh, guy will be along shortly. He's out in Las Vegas, and uh, I think I'm going to need to Venmo guy fifty dollars <laughs> so that he can go down to the roulette table, put it all on black, and hopefully, if he wins. Uh, he can send me the winnings back so that I can afford a Detroit Lions ticket for this upcoming Sunday's <laughs> game. Yeah, you're just about going to have to do that. I thought tickets. you were going to say bet on the Lions, but you oh, took a turn. Even better. See, that's um, being financially smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jamie is always the voice of reason. Thank you. <laughs> out of something stupid. Sorry. Um, no, no, no. It's all right. You just. My wife will thank you when it's time to pay our bills. Uh, but, yeah, I guess uh, Detroit Lions tickets are the most expensive ticket by a, a, a wide margin for the opening round of uh, the, the NFL playoffs. You know, the, the Lions have just captured, I think, the imagination of the country now. And then with that and how well they've done, plus this whole outside deal with you know, the Lions and, and Stafford and that whole story. I mean, it's it's just, you know, it makes just for uh, uh, such drama. And you know how we like drama. And Kelly yeah. Stafford <laughs> is now saying that it's not fair that we're asking people to not wear Matt Stafford's jersey. Have you guys heard that? Oh. Yeah. No. Yeah. There's this. Uh, <laughs> and, and Guy Gordon looks <laughs> looks like he's joined us. We peeled him away from the blackjack table. Good morning, Guy. I've been sitting here for more than a half hour waiting on you guys. I no, don't know. Uh, no. It, it, yeah. It, this this is exciting. I, I love the idea. I guess we're you know if, when you go to the game, you're going to get a wristband that lights up, and yeah. uh, there's going to be a whole light show thing going on. Technics. It's going to be yeah. rocking in that building. Oh, yeah. I feel like if you choose to spend your money on this, you'll get a good show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you better. And so that, that means they just better win. But, uh, you, you know, Renee, you brought that up. And, yeah, there's this there's this apparel line that's calling for uh, a, a ban of Stafford jerseys at Sunday's game, which I don't think you're, you'd are you see a whole lot of Stafford jerseys anyway. Um, and, and, by the way, this is the same clothing line that manufactured the Detroit Rams T-shirts a couple of years ago. So they're kind of playing both sides of the fence. <laughs> All right. What are those people going to do? <laughs> I think put well, those I, away. Put them away. Yeah. yeah. Use them to hey, clean well, the house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. You wash your car with it in the summer. Right. There's actually okay. Yeah, there's actually a big backlash against that now. I mean, I'm seeing all over my Facebook and and Instagram feeds. If you had one of those Detroit Rams jerseys, don't even watch the game. It's like, well, okay, all right. You know. Uh, <laughs> we had nothing we had nothing else to root for. Exactly. Right. We, we had yeah. nothing else. We have our own now, so we don't need that anymore. But at the time, it was like about as close as we could get. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's I think it was perfectly acceptable to root for Matthew Stafford that first season with the Rams. Now, it's not a Rams jersey, for goodness sakes. It's a Stafford jersey. We've got great memories of the guys here. Some of us do. If you want to wear it, wear it. But, you know, I I wouldn't recommend it. No. No. Right. and I doubt there would be anyone wearing a whole lot of Stafford jerseys there. But look, if I'm Kelly Stafford, I'm not taking this personally. I mean, this is gamesmanship. Uh, after this week, I'm, I'm sure, um, you know, they can still come to Detroit any other week except for this week and never pay for a meal. <laughs> we so did what we were that. supposed to. We rooted for him when he won his Super Bowl. We were very happy for him. But let's move on now. Now we're facing off against them. Right. Yes. Have them right. win. Yeah. 
And it shows we are now a legitimate franchise because obviously we're not going to root for Matthew Stafford because we're playing them and uh, we want to make it all the way. JR Morning coming up next. Governor Gretchen Whitmer put her Michigan State loyalties aside and declared January 9th Michigan Wolverines Day after they beat Washington Monday night for the national championship. Whitmer stops by Focus with Paul W. Smith to talk about it. What a great day for the great state of Michigan. We are the home of the national college football champions, the University of Michigan Wolverines. And we've been talking a lot about it. Uh, We had Jimmy Branstetter on uh, earlier. We've uh, reached out to uh, John Wangler, who said he'd love to come on. Maybe we'll get him on tomorrow, but he was on an airplane, as was the mayor. Happily, we've been able to reach out, and uh, our great governor has accepted our invitation to be on board. And uh, I, I, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, I think you'll agree this is a great day for the state of Michigan, regardless of the fact that uh, you happen to go to Michigan State and get your law degree at Michigan State. That's right. You know, I spent, I got two degrees from MSU, but I got to tell you, last night's game was so fun. I mean, it was the culmination of incredible work and, you know, those student athletes really from the opening drive to the last minutes of the game made us all proud. It was, it was, re- I, I got to tell you, you know, I get very nervous about these things, uh, but to watch Donovan Edwards out of nowhere uh, come up with two first quarter touchdowns running for 104 yards. And of course, Blake Corum, we've depended on Blake with his, two touchdowns and 133 yards. That's never been done before in a game like that. And uh, it was just exciting. I still, I have to still tell you, I was nervous throughout the game. It sounds like you were just all in, like, this is it. We're doing it. I I believed it. I really did. You know, it it was kind of fun to, you know, go back and forth with the governor of Washington and, you know, tease one another. But I had real confidence. This team's I mean, they're incredible. And Washington's offense, obviously, you know, they were ranked number one. But Michigan's defense just destroyed them. It was a blast to watch. It really was. And I, I you know, I said this earlier. I, I, I felt sorry for this Michael Penix Jr., uh, the quarterback who we were told was like the greatest thing since sliced bread and should have uh, almost won the Heisman and all this other stuff. And he looked in so much pain, and I don't know if you as a mother, but me as a father, I looked at him and I said, where the hell is the coach? Why isn't the coach helping this kid? Pull him out, get him fixed up, let him rest. It was like the coach ignored the fact that this kid was in great pain. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I I think it just shows, too, that, right, teams are more than one person. And, um, you know, I I, really thought it was kind of cool how, you know, you've got McCarthy and Orgy going back and forth and get, spelling him for a bit. And yeah, you're right. Penix didn't get a whole lot of, whole no. lot of support. Didn't seem, <laughs> but I'm sure he's got a bright future. Oh, there's no, there's no question. He's going to be just fine. Governor uh, Whitmer and her husband, Mark have two lovely daughters that attend the university of Michigan, Sherry and Sydney. I can't even imagine how excited they are as excited as my Sophie is. Oh, yeah. I don't know if Sophie went out last night, but I know my girls did not. <laughs> I was warning them, don't be don't be destroying anything and stay safe. But alas, they're not Spartans, so they didn't go out. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, let me tell you something. You're a Spartan, and, uh, and you still are calling today Michigan Wolverine Day. We really appreciate that. 
Absolutely. You know, this is it, it's great for the for the Big Ten. It's great for the university. And without question, it is great for all those student athletes and the state of Michigan all over. So whether you're you bleed green and white like I do or you bleed blue and, you know, maize and blue, I think that we can all recognize this is an awesome day for the state of Michigan. So what was the uh, what was the bet with the Washington governor, Jay Inslee? I think he's going to send me some wine. I don't know. I didn't really Washington you know, State wine. He, I saw the the thing on uh, um, Instagram, and he was kind of bragging about some great Washington State wine, which he's now going to send to you. Uh, what were we going to send him in the unfortunate circumstance had it gone the other way? Um, some Michigan beer, and we have plenty of wonderful selection to. I could have sent him, but I'm glad I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you don't have to, too. And let me ask you a, 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 a gubernatorial question. And this is uh, now comparing you with uh, former Governor John Engler and his uh, lovely First Lady, his wife, Michelle. I ran into them a number of years ago when, I don't know if it was one or two, I don't think it was all three of the triplets, at least one of them went to Michigan. And, of course, former Governor John Engler is bleeding green and white like you do, Governor. He was a a very big Michigan State uh, grad and fan. And I noticed that Michelle had on a shirt that said, or a sweatshirt or something at the game in Ann Arbor, said, proud Michigan mom. And then up walked former Governor John Engler, and he did not have a shirt on that said, proud Michigan father. So I called him on that. And he looked at me, and it became very obvious there would be never a time that he would wear a shirt that said, Proud Michigan Father, because he's (laughs) such a Michigan State fan. Now, would you wear a Proud Michigan Mom shirt? Oh, yeah, I've got a Michigan Mom sweatshirt that I wear a lot for the the game. So, uh, absolutely, I am a proud parent of two Wolverines. I am certain that John Engler was proud of his daughter or daughters, whoever was going to Michigan at the time, he just couldn't bring himself to put that on a, on a sweatshirt and to put it on his body. So, so you win this one, that's for sure. Good for you, because you are first a proud Michigan mom. You are second a proud governor of the great state of Michigan, and third, but still right up there in your heart, you're a big Michigan State fan, and green and white courses through your body, and we appreciate that. How's everything else going, Governor? You know, there's a lot of good stuff happening, Paul W. I'm getting ready. I'm, I'm putting the final touches on my state of the state that I'll be given in two weeks and finalizing some budget decisions, which we'll introduce in February. So this is always a really busy time of year, and obviously now that it's snowing, just want to remind people, be safe when you're out there on the road. Yeah, we have to remind everybody, uh, first big snow, that uh, they do remember how to drive in the snow, though it sometimes seems that some people don't. Uh, It is something we see every year, and uh, we're going to continue to see it, regardless of uh, the the changes in our weather, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to have some snow. Maybe not as much as we've had. You know, I remember, and I'm a lot older than you, but I remember when I was a kid, it seemed to me that we had a lot more snow. But maybe it's just because I was little and it looked like a lot more snow. I don't know. I, I think that's right. I mean, I remember snow and then it would stay. Like, we didn't. it didn't dump on us and then it'd go away and then dump on us and go away. Like, it stayed. I remember trick-or-treating as a little kid in my snow boots. 
<laughs> so yeah, this this climate is very yeah, it's changing and it's uh, you know challenging. I, I think about all those businesses, those outdoor rec businesses that depend on the snow this time of year, and so I'm glad to see it snowing. I hope it I hope it stays cold for a while. I, I have to ask, um, paying attention as I do, listening to everything you say. When you went trick or treating, what did you generally go as? <laughs> it depended. My mom made all of our costumes, so I'm oh, the nice. oldest, I have a younger sister, and a younger brother, and uh, we had all sorts of hilarious costumes over the years. But I think one of my favorite was, you know, we were aliens <laughs> and um, <laughs> had these bright pink and purple and green costumes. They were hilarious. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, it's good. it's good to know, and no one will hear that anywhere else, but right here in Focus. So, meanwhile. <laughs> Uh, State of the State in two weeks. We're looking forward to it. WJR will be covering it uh, in every way, and we look forward to talking to you uh, then and uh, moving forward. And thanks again for this being Michigan Wolverine Day and you being such a good sport, uh, having been a Michigan State grad for two degrees and having your two daughters, Sherry and Sydney, go to Michigan and and, uh, loving that uh, today as much as all of us are. Thank you, Governor. We'll talk again soon. We appreciate it. Happy New Year to you. Thanks, Paul W. Congrats to you and Sophie, all the Wolverines out there. Go Blue.